0: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com.
1: Hello, my friends. Welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical backward ass ideals that we have here in the United States. This is episode 170 of American Sex Podcast. I'm Sunny Megatron, and my co-host is Ken Melvoinberg. We're both sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, and we are kinky perverts too that just so happen to be non-monogamously married to each other. Ooh, American fuckers, you are in for a treat. The one and only Melina Williams-Hawes is our guest for this episode, and we are talking about playing with taboo in BDSM. First, I have to dazzle you with how amazing Melina is. This, quote, delicate, trembling flower of submission is a New York City born and raised writer, actress, BDSM educator, storyteller, sobriety fiend since March of 2007, and award-winning executive pervert. Owned and collared by renowned contemporary composer Georg Haas, she serves as his beloved slave, submissive wife, servant, and muse. February 2016 saw a groundbreaking piece about their relationship featured in the New York Times. Melina's opinion and viewpoints on issues about kink, leather, and BDSM are frequently sought after by media outlets. And I'm talking to big players like Newsweek, Essence, NPR, etc. Melina got into kink and the BDSM and leather communities in the 90s. Oh, she is also a leather title holder, by the way. International Miss Leather 2010 and Miss San Francisco Leather 20. O9. And she's been a BDSM educator since 1998. She's even spoken about kink at places like Harvard, Yale, and Princeton. And she's an author too. She co-authored The Toy Bag Guide to Taboo Play and Playing Well with Others. And say, I warned you, you are getting the dazzle treatment. Huh, Melina is also a performer. She sang on the soundtrack for the movie The Wiz, like, ease on down, ease on down. I got to shut up before I get a copyright violation, but you know the one. And co-starred with Danny Bonaduce in America's Deadliest Home Video, Melina's latest performance piece is Hyena, a collaboration with her husband. It's soon to be a feature film, too, so keep your eyes peeled. They're also both the subject of the documentary, The Artist and the Pervert, that is available on streaming services right now, so go get it. And Melina appeared on the most groundbreaking sex-positive TV show that the universe has ever seen. Sex with Sonny Megatron on Showtime. <laughs> no, she did a segment about race play that was amazing. And like, that's the shortened overview of the amazingness that is Melina. It's just the surface scratchy highlights. So there's so much more. So go to our show notes and get a link to her full bio and be dazzled some more. Melina is considered one of the foremost experts in taboo play and after you hear this conversation you will understand exactly why you know why are we attracted to all of the gross dark disgusting things that we're embarrassed to admit are in our porn search history like a lot a lot of it you know what's wrong with us that unfathomable things that are in direct opposition to our ethical and moral beliefs Those are the things that give us our biggest orgasms. Well, it turns out nothing is wrong with us. It's actually quite normal. You're not alone. And Melina explains what's behind it all. And in the BDSM community, you'd assume playing with these dark, disgusting themes is more acceptable, right? However, Melina explains why our own community is often more judgy than the vanilla folks. She tells us how to handle it when someone is grossed out by our kinks or tries to yuck our yum. We talk about the right and wrong reasons to explore taboo play and why the why behind it all is the key to everything. Also, Melina breaks down a fear that many of us have. You know, hey, it's one thing to fantasize about, twisted stuff, really, really twisted, wrong, dark. But like, when does the fantasy become reality? When does what we're thinking about become intent? And should we be worried that one day we'll actually go too far and really live out that super fucked up fantasy and hurt ourselves or other people? So this may be one of my favorite, not maybe, it is one of my favorite conversations ever on American sex. However, that's my personal taste. I love playing with taboo and intense psychological play. Uh, you know, I do some fucked up shit, right? And I know that's not everybody's cup of tea. So this episode definitely needs a big old content warning. And not just like bits and pieces. I, I can't go, oh, about 17 minutes in, we talk about... It's pretty much the whole thing. Like everything we talk about is, is just really fucked up. Uh, but also... If you've been a listener for a while and or you know Melina and her personality style, you know that we're a bunch of lighthearted, joke-cracking, twisted, sadomasochistic perverts, right? So although some of these themes are dark and for some, they will be disturbing, we tend to talk about these things that, you know, the very wrong, wrong things With a casual lightness and lots of laughs, you know you and what your cup of tea is and isn't. So feel free. If a topic comes up that really squicks you out or that's emotionally triggering, hit that fast forward button or you know what? Skip this episode altogether. It's fine. We'll catch you next time. So to kind of give you an idea of where we're going, some of the things we touch on include but are not necessarily limited to. Incest fantasies, sexual age play, consensual non consent, tentacle monster and alien fantasies, bodily fluids like saliva and semen, race play and consensual racial fetishization, parasitic worms, cannibalism, abortion, scat play, that's poop by the way, oozy body stuff like pimples and cysts and tonsil stones and pus pus pus. And okay, these last two, they are perhaps the most disturbing of all. Okay, one consenting to eating miracle whip instead of hellman's real mayonnaise i know and two there's lots of puns like really really bad puns okay those last two they're jokes see lightness jovial well i mean they're jokes to most of us some of us still take that very very seriously but the long and short of it is what matters most is your well-being So proceed or don't proceed with this episode in whatever way feels best for you. And remember, you can revoke your listening consent at any time. But before we delve into perhaps the largest number of disturbingly hot things than you've ever encountered in one place before... Let's wash the balls, which is housekeeping here on American Sex Podcast. So first, don't forget the free replay of the video conversation I recently had with Midori for her Consent Dojo series about factors that skew consent. This free replay will only be available until mid-October, so another week or two, 2021. 2021. And this is the conversation where I premiered the world premiere of my revamped consent analysis tool that goes by the acronym POSUM. That's how you pronounce P-A-S-S-M, right? Well, it, it is the way I pronounce it. So catch that before it's gone. Secondly, if you are a mental health professional or care provider, that includes your know, therapists, clinicians, coaches, or anyone in a care profession that works with clients, Don't miss the class I'm teaching for K-PACT on the Psychological Appeal of BDSM on October 15th. Now, again, this class is intended for therapists, educators, coaches, and other care professionals who work with kinky or curious clients. So it's going to be presented from a clinical or professional perspective. It's worth two continuing education units and is also open to students. Now, while this is a professional seminar, it's not intended for general audiences. And you might be like, oh, damn, it sounds interesting. Don't worry. A version of this class designed for personal and partnered exploration is coming soon. If you want to be notified when that workshop is scheduled, make sure you're following me on social media or sign up for my newsletter that's in the show notes. And speaking of those show notes, you're going to find all the links we mention in this episode from now until the end. Just go to AmericanSexPodcast.com and search for episode 170 or look at the episode description whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. You'll also stumble upon the link to our sex and kink positive Discord server, which is free. And we'd love for you to join us. There's also a ton of other discount links and coupon codes and things, not just for the sponsors of this episode, but a bunch more. And... There you will find the link to our Patreon page, where all members, for as little as three dollars, get every single one of our episodes early, uh, American Sex Podcast stickers sent to them in the mail, and bonus audio from our guests. Like right now, there is a story up from Molina that is freaking amazing. It is so 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 good. I did mention, I think I mentioned that Melina's is a storyteller, right? She's been on like Snap Judgment. Uh, body storytelling a bunch of times, risk, a bunch of other stuff. And the thing that I'm super excited about, okay, so people always say, you know, Melina, I could listen to you talk about anything for hours. Read me the ingredients on the back of the box of stovetop stuffing and I'll be captivated. Or every single thing that's listed on my 227 foot long CVS receipt. And I'm telling you, if you're new to Melina, Uh, You are about to feel this sentiment deep in your soul after you hear this conversation. Well, Melina's giving us the biggest gift of all, something way better than reading processed food ingredients. Melina's got a brand new freaking podcast, and I'm so excited. It drops on October 15th. So please, please do me a favor right now. Do it. Whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. Go to the search bar, search for all that and Mo, like M-O apostrophe, which is Mo for Melina and also for more or for more Melina, right? Subscribe to it right now. Then you're going to be notified as soon as that first episode releases and while you're poking around in that streaming app check to make sure you're subscribed to American sex podcast too and uh hey tell your friends about both of our podcasts cuz you know the more the merrier okay there's a lot of balls to wash but they were good balls and the washing was enjoyable but now our balls are clean so we can get to the meat of this episode ooh was that kind of an accidental dick pun or maybe maybe we're getting to the creamy center of this episode would be a better visual. Or maybe you have a body fluid thing and I'm starting to squick you out. So that might be, though, useful because it's the perfect lead-in to this oh-so-wrong, but also oh-so-right conversation about playing with taboo with the one and only Melina williams haz
2: Did you know that we have one of the Pokemon world record holders on the line? Oh with shit, us we do right now.
0: What? You're a Pokemon world record. How holder, am I a world well, record? Yeah? I'm not. I'm. Not. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm
2: completely making that shit I up. Was You're, like, the best Poke- You're the best Pokemon player that I know.
0: Okay, yeah. that you know that's fine. Don't get me in trouble because motherfuckers are super serial about their titles. Oh
1: really and so
0: for example like if you were like the first person to get to level 40 or the first person to catch you know what the the most perfect whatever it is they're very serious about this shit it's it's a whole shit you know
1: well, you're the you're the I'm number 40, 1 Pokemon Go player 49. in my heart.
0: Thank you. You're 40. Oh, holy cow. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. They raised the ceiling from 40 to 50 and I was like, fortunately, I had enough XP to get all the way through to 49 and then I just and then I hit the wall and I have no XP, so I have to grind from 0 to 30 million. Oh my god. It's a lot. Wow, it's a lot. Wow. And I I have the plague to thank for that. If I wasn't trapped in Africa, you know, and in Arizona in the desert, I would have been able to like just cruise on through but no the
1: plague. Oh, man. So get this, I got the best (laughs) transition. (laughs) <laughs> so we're gonna go from talking about playing with cute, which is Pokemon, to playing with the most disgusting fucked up shit your mind can conjure up. Yay! Um well, we can blend those really, together
0: like- because you know, you got Rule 34. I I made the <gasps> I made the mistake of Googling Pokemon porn. And when I say Ooh. mistake, I mean really smooth move because some of that <laughs> shit is fucking awesome. Can awesome.
2: you find the Squirtle one? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh look look for the squirtle. Oh my god, I look at the I
0: will. I was looking for the bigger Pokemon because I'm a huge Lapras fan, so I found some I found two featuring lapras that were out of control. You know Live action or animated? Animated, animated. There's gotta be some sort of
1: smothering scene with a snorlax.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, (laughs) that's the book I need to write. What is each Pokemon's fetish? (gasps) oh yeah has no one done that has no one done that has someone done that i don't know do it oh my god oh my god (laughs) i'll just start with kanto though i'm not gonna like do all the regions that's a lot that's a lot but like it's some of it's gonna be obvious right like pikachu is like electrical play like lol okay whatever but like then you get to shit like yeah like the Venusaur which has like whips coming out of its back. Ooh yeah. You know? That's 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 savory right there. That's what that is. I, <laughs> I really I fucking that's like a big this. top energy though. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Who's the biggest bottom
2: in the Pokemon world?
0: Oh gosh. Wow. Hmm. I have to think about that. Because I'm, I'm, all I'm getting is like pervert, pervert, pervert. Like, well, first of all, Gengar, let you just look at that grin. This motherfucker is in your underwear drawer, you know, sniffing your panties. And, um, all of his evolutions, actually, you have like Haunter, who is basically a boob grabber, right? Oh, uh, yeah. you know, he's just like, ah, 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 with the licking and, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Well, speaking of licking, it brought me to exactly who the biggest bottom is, and that's definitely Licky Tongue. It's got to be Licky Tongue. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, duh. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. totally.
0: Just in service, ready to go all the time. (laughs) I I also
1: am kind of getting a little bit of pillow princess energy from Snorlax, too. Just like laying back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letting it happen. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Or like Snorlax is the pervert in the dungeon who like falls asleep in bondage and then just hangs there for the next hour. Yes! Is he awake? Are they awake? Are they up? Like, no, just leave him alone. Leave him.
2: (laughs) I know that guy. We all
1: know that guy. guy. Come on. Oh, so okay taboo because like like i fucking love taboo i always you know even when i teach my classes i I reassure people like yeah. you know that when you've fallen into that late night tornado and your porn gets weirder and weirder yeah. and weirder and then you're getting off to some fucked up shit that yep. is the hottest orgasm you've ever had yep. and then the next morning you're just like what is wrong with i'm me? a I bad person church like yeah um but that's normal like we mm-hmm. all do that yes. so when we're talking about taboo and we're talking about it, you know, in a kink sense or even late night pornado sense, the things we're talking about are like things that maybe in the default world, we might be like, oh, no fucking way. That's that's wrong. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. That's against my morals or ethics. But then when we start to get a boner, it's the hottest thing ever. So things that are considered unacceptable by society, right. maybe extreme forms of consensual non-consent and assault. Uh, extreme sadomasochism mm-hmm. or anything else that would be illegal, like incest or necrophilia, like those sorts of things. Right. Degrading identity play, or if race, you're in Texas, gender, orientation. Or,
2: what'd you say? I said, if you're in Texas, abortion play. Yeah, shit.
0: Oh,
1: my God. But you know what? You know there's some kinky gr- motherfucker out there who loves gross shit that's like, can I play the abortion? Can I be the oh, abortion? Shit. Anyway. I'm-
0: can I be the abortion? You can be anything you want to be.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and that, that leads me, because I got a list, that leads me to also gross and disgusting stuff like poop. Bodily fluids right. being the abortion. Right. right, uh,
0: right so Hellman's right, right. <laughs> mayonnaise, as lid.
2: opposed to Miracle Whip.
0: Oh God! <laughs> come on! Come on! Come on, man! Come on! So- Why you got to go? Like, there's always a line, and there's Ken, like, thirty feet beyond, like, waving at you. <laughs>
1: poking the bear. Poking the bear. Oh God. Um. So. I guess the biggest question is, because like I said, most of us have something gross that we're really ashamed of in some way, but it's the hottest turn on ever Mm -hmm. that we don't tell anybody about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why? Why? Why are these things that in the default world, we're like, gross, wrong, disgusting, give us the, send us like to boner town immediately?
0: Why? I I think most of it is the fact that it is forbidden. I think that we as human beings, especially in contemporary society, don't have much room in our lives for fucked up shit, right? Like back mm. in the day, if you wanted to eat you had meat, you had to go find it and kill it your goddamn self. And so you were a dealer of death to a deer or an antelope or, you know, whatever the fuck, right? And so the distance that we have from life and death and and the guts and greasiness of living I think makes us more susceptible to wanna crave things that are darker because we don't have those things in our daily life. Especially in the United States, everything is clean, everything is tidy, everything is sort of set out for you. And so the idea of getting into something that's primal and carnal, first and foremost, is very exciting. Second of all, you don't get to pick what turns you on. I honestly believe that this shit just is in your brain and one day you come across it and you're like, holy shit, that's super hot. Another way that people find shit like that is that something happens to them at some point in their life that is then affiliated with uh, uh an arousal, right? Like mm-hmm. someone kicks you in the balls when you're a little kid and it's the girl you really like. And even though she kicked you in the balls and you're rolling on the ground screaming with your guts on fire, she's paid attention to you. So 30 years later, when you're trying to get someone to kick you in the balls in the dungeon and you're like, why the fuck am I like seeking this out? You know, you could say that it's okay. Well, this one thing happened that made you now a ball kicking pervert. But in my, in my experience and just talking to people over the years, it's a compilation of various things that happen. One thing happens, another thing happens, you know, and then people sort of have this. What is that game that you played where you had to roll a ball around and gather shit up? It's like that, but with kinks. There was like like konet fut not I was about to say futanari but that wasn't futanari ball that's a whole other fucking thing. There was a Japanese video game where you were rolling this ball around and gathering up everything, and then eventually it was a planet. Oh You know what I'm talking about Oh god What is it I know it what you're talking
2: about But I'm having a brain fart yeah. I Oh I can't
0: fucking remember Oh my god I'm <laughs> okay. 52 too Yay. So to the American
1: fuckers listening Because that's our listeners This American sex podcast yeah. American fuckers listening If you're like I know what that is Please tweet us <laughs> Tweet us all right now And tell us what the fuck it is Because we all got like Menopause, you know old slash old menopause And we don't brains, have time so don't To
2: know. do that shit Please help us out please. Yeah Respect your elders Please Oh
1: my goodness
2: We're the elders now
1: Oh Fine. another another popular AARP rocks. AARP. <laughs> A- A- R- yeah, I'm going to put that but, on but. my that life list of Kinks AARP play. Oh my That's god,
0: right. we should get we should get AARP tattooed on our knuckles you guys. It totally fits.
2: <gasps> I would totally. A- do that. Oh would, my god. Why have I never thought about that? Oh my god. I mean, I've got Sith and Jedi on mine right now, but I have Maybe on my toes? On your toes, on know. your toes. Oh my God,
1: oh my God.
0: On your toes.
2: God. The uh, Jedi AARP would also look pretty cool. Oh I could have God. the AARP. Jedi.
1: <laughs> you're like an old retired Jedi. <laughs> oh my God. What if you get like special benefits, like you have VA in real life if lightsaber? you were a Jedi? Oh, you're
2: 10% yeah. off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, um, so one other explanation that I, I hear floating around a lot as to why we like taboo play is. Like, we just like to do what we're not supposed to do. Sure, and, You know, the the common, I guess, uh, fictitious scenario is like, oh, when you're a little kid, you're not supposed to jump in the mud or, you know, sit on the couch when right. it doesn't have plastic on it or whatever. whatever <laughs> the fuck. Uh, so, God, uh, we are ready for AARP if we're talking about plastic on our couches. Um,
0: <laughs> or you grew up anyway, in the hood just, and your babysitter was Puerto Rican and had everything oh. zipped in plastic.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's just like that, you know, almost like uh, involving an element of play or hee, I'm doing what I'm not supposed sure. to, even if it's like something real dark. <laughs> 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 and, uh, you know, like, I think us in the kink world have the benefit of getting to the point where we can out loud without shame, except like, yeah, I like some really fucked up shit.
0: And they were like, cool, <laughs> like, It's you know, which is which which you would think is the case. But there are still even once you overcome the boundary of your own inhibition and get into the uh, sex positive community, regardless, you're still going to run up against people who are going to be grossed out and horrified by the shit you want to do.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. because
0: it's still so- people. It's still people. And everyone has their prejudices which mm-hmm. is tiresome occasionally, occasionally very What tiresome. types of
1: things have you, like, th- would you consider acceptable, like maybe in certain kink circles that all, that were all a little fucked up, and then you go talk to another circle of seemingly sex-positive people, and they're like, oh, that's gross, whether it's your stuff or just stuff you've observed?
0: Well, I will say, for example, um... When you look at the average person's list of kinks they're not into, like, absolutely no, this, never. Uh, there's a few things that commonly appear on that list, right? Incest, uh-huh. bestiality, great you know incest is is generally considered not to be cool bestiality you know for for you have the consent issue which is to me a gray area because we non-consensually kill and eat animals and i promise you if you gave the sheep a choice between being fucked up the ass <laughs> and being slaughtered that sheep would back that ass up and drop it like it's hot in order to avoid the slaughterhouse i'm just saying mm-hmm. i'm just saying i feel like if you are not a vegan or a vegetarian the argument's a little sketchy. Right? right? But then you have stuff like scat, which is not illegal. Mm -hmm. But I know so many people who are scat players who are embarrassed to come out because even among kinky, freaky people, it's like, oh, poo is gross. Oh, it's smelly. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. But there's so much that we're doing that is already over the line. To draw other lines seems to me to be ridiculous. And and I found when I started talking to non-kink identified people, about the prejudices I did encounter in the kink scene, they were so much less judgmental. Really? Why yes. do you think that is? Because Why? they've lumped it all together. Because they're like, it's oh. kink. What's the difference? Like, if I say to a non kinky person, Hey, you know, so I want to get, uh, um, beaten and and forced to make pancakes and called Aunt Jemima. You know, I also enjoy rope bondage and, you know, whatever else people are like, okay, like a kinky person might be like, oh, well, race play. Whatever. Whereas like literally all of my non-kink friends are like, well, but if it's consensual and if you're doing it and if you're not doing it in front of people who don't want to see it, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Like they just cut to the chase. Now, Right, My non kink identified friends are enlightened, amazing, awesome human beings. However, I find that generally people are sort of like, they put BDSM and kink under an umbrella. And once it's under the umbrella, there it is. And it's just it exists. And they're not necessarily teasing it apart.
1: Okay, that's interesting, which I have found really fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, now that you say that, it's like, oh yeah, like I could—that totally makes sense. But I wouldn't have really thought about that. Um, And you know, it's it's interesting to me, and also fucking frustrating as shit uh, in the kink community (laughs) when there's some acceptable. Still, kind of fucked up things that we do that mm-hmm. nobody bats an eye out mm-hmm. about. A mm-hmm. uh, bats an eye out that is really
0: also <laughs> taboo. Play. Don't don't, uh, don't <laughs> bat your eyes, your
1: eyes out. That's not.
0: No. I'm gonna have to add um, that to my limit list. No eyeball <laughs> removal. Okay. Thank you.
1: <laughs> but. I, I and find- if you
2: do that, by the way, you are getting me a bedazzled eye patch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd looking yeah. steampunky as fuck with skulls and some kind of cogs. I, oh, I
0: want a tiny gun that pops out so they can like, flip up the eye patch and shoot somebody and then flip it Ooh, back. I now. kind of want you to remove an eye. Just so
2: like <laughs> I want An oh, eye gun. Oh, what? Eye gun. Okay, wait. Gun.
1: Wait, No. It doesn't shoot bullets. It shoots little... No. (laughs) Because I'm working up to a pun here. It shoots little knives because you're looking daggers at people. Oh,
0: God. (laughs) Fuck my life. I'm sorry. All right. Thank you. It's been real. This podcast has been brought to you by the letter M.
1: (laughs) But I notice in the kink community when, you know, these quote unquote seemingly open-minded people are suddenly like oh but that age play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh no that's like incest i can't that's gross
0: blah, blah, blah. um right or people you will be know, like if- age play is fine but you know if daddy decides he wants to like stick his dick somewhere inappropriate then it's a problem right like exactly yeah, yeah yeah
1: exactly and i notice like one of two things at play that i su- am supposing in the person that is going oh but that's off limits either one it's They are imposing their own personal situation or personal projection Mm -hmm. onto other people's – like, it is totally valid. And I see this a lot, like, especially with sexual age play. There are some people that are like, no, absolutely not. And that very well could be because of trauma in their own lives. Right. And for them personally, it is absolutely off limits. It is triggering. It is however to then overlay that onto what somebody does in the privacy of their home, own home, not forcing you to watch it, etc., is like hmm. And then the second thing is there is a failure sometimes to differentiate pretend, like, I'm not really eight years old, look at, I'm 50, versus... What's real? So let's talk about that. Well,
0: the why does that happen? The interesting thing about that is that you cannot draw a line and say people who have experienced a particular form of trauma or are living in that trauma, even as we speak, as I am, for example, as a, uh-huh. you know, African American person in America, um, universally are anti doing any play that evokes their reality or their trauma. Because that's uh-huh. again, not true. Because I will tell you, the first people who I was introduced to who were into uh, uh, really dark age play were survivors of abuse, and mm-hmm. they were using that sort of play as a way to rewrite the script. Right. As a way to redirect that energy, as a way to maybe take back power, um, or as a way to work through something and prove that they were strong enough to, to survive it. Whatever their rationale is, I don't really care, but I know for a fact that so many people with trauma and, and who are carrying deep wounds and scars also do that sort of play. So mm-hmm. it's not that it's universally like, oh, if you have been hurt in this particular way you are never going to want to invoke that in your scene because that's just not true
1: Mm -hmm. yeah sometimes it's the complete opposite Mm -hmm. and I think that um you know for people that it is like maybe for some people the people that it's like nope that makes it off limits for me right um it's I think because of that and I'm supposing it's not that everyone who's against age play has trauma you know I'm just picking a theoretical out of the air yeah um I think, you know, because that's so strong and so personal, it makes it hard to zoom back and look at things from the bigger picture through not your own personal lens.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So what about like, you know, whether the person's motivation is because they've had trauma or whatever, that was just a made up thing, just whatever the reason, what about people who suddenly can't differentiate pretend from reality. Like I'll I'll see that a lot in, you know, sometimes like age play mm-hmm. or anything like race play, anything that's very, um, you know, socially like, ah, no, it's like, but it's not reality. So I, talk to me about that. I,
0: I, my belief is that because it does exist as a real reality, um, for people, the emotional truth, cause here's the thing about SM. Your body doesn't know the difference between a spank out of love and a spank out of affection. For your body, it's the same. What's uh-huh. making it different is your perception of, of, of your brain because you have consented, because you have negotiated, because you know what's going to happen. There's a difference there, but the body doesn't know. And what I think people who react very strongly to that are coming from a body reaction because in the body it can feel really dangerous. And there's no way to sort of logically get past that, which I think is actually a good thing because you're talking about a gut reaction, right? You're talking about someone's gut reaction to something that they see dangerous or scary, Or horrifying or whatever it is. And at that point, you're past a logical and rational approach to the conversation. And that's when I just drop it, right? If I'm having a conversation with someone and they're just like, I just can't, I just can't, I just, you know, and you see them starting to get upset. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll drop it. right? Because that reaction is so strong and it bypasses any sort of logic or reason i my opinion is i just respect it and let it go and so right. those conversations i just sort of back away from slowly and i'm like nice chatting with you it's been real if you want to talk again you know that's cool because i can't logically explain something to you when your gut is telling you it's bad
1: mhm yeah yeah N- you know and and i agree with you in most situations, like if it's more of a personal conversation, right. it's like yeah, you know, it's trying to. It's like arguing with somebody with completely different political views than you. My one conversation's not going to change your mind. We're not going to agree. I'm not. Let's just talk about something else.
0: Or not.
1: <laughs> you know, like it's not worth it. Yeah. Um, however, I will see some folks uh, or groups of people imposing their beliefs about certain taboo play onto the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. One that I'm seeing a lot, especially right now that's been ongoing is it's usually um, <laughs> white folks who are like, you can no longer use master slave at all ever in the community because it's disrespectful. And if anybody does race play, that is completely wrong. And I have my feelings about that. Um, And I know you, I'm sure, have your feelings about that. And for those who don't know Melina, like that's something that you are, in my mind and lots of other people's mind, uh, you know, one of the foremost experts in that kind of taboo play. So what do we do when it's it's a whole portion of the community trying to impose their skewed morals or misunderstandings as to why people engage on this on the rest of the community uh
0: i now tell them to go fuck themselves however this is a result of years of pain suffering and struggle right so i didn't arrive at the go fuck yourself instantaneously um and the reason that i find it this conversation especially difficult is that I have two different answers to the same question depending on who I'm in front of. Uh If I'm in front of a white person, I will absolutely tell them, I will have a 90-minute discussion as to why they should go fuck themselves.
1: And can you sum up why? Like for people going, why? Why should I go fuck myself? Just like the nutshell
0: elevator pitch version. Because it's not (laughs) your job to defend us or to be our allies if we have not requested it. Mm-hmm. Allyship is about you coming in because you have been tapped in. You don't come up in front of me to make a point. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Like, like uh, yeah. you, you can back me up, but it is never as a white person, is it your job to come in front of me? Um, years ago, there was a, a back when Tristan Taramino was still one of the, uh, people running the Dark Odyssey, which is a huge kink event that used to happen down in DC and Uh I was invited there to speak specifically on race play and I got a phone call from Tristan frantic the first night of the con saying okay there's a problem and I need to talk to you and I'm like well okay and so uh apparently in conjunction with the kink convention that was happening there was a group of uh black men who had a gangbang group party uh union uh gangbang union perhaps and (laughs) they were offering their services uh at the same hotel and it had been posted on a local swingers group saying hey if you would like to come uh to this BBC gangbang BBC not being the British broadcasting service in this instance let me just clarify for those who might not be familiar with it we're talking about the big black cock and um several people had said oh my gosh this is terrible you're 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 having this you're playing into the bandingo black stud stereotype blah 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 and Tristan had spoken to the gentleman who was running this event. And he was like, look, you know, we're just meeting a demand. We are supply. <laughs> <We are laughs> <laughs> <laughs> and so she invited him and she invited the folks who had raised the objection to come to my class so that we could have sort of a roundtable discussion, like a, a real. And, and, and so she wanted me to she wanted to know if I was OK with this as a thing. And I was like, yeah, actually. So we had this discussion and two very lovely Caucasian people stood up and said all the things that you might want to hear from a white person about the objectification of, of, of black masculinity and the devaluing of, of, of the humanity of the, but all this, all these very nice things. Uh And then this brother stood up and was like, Hey, you know, um, we do these parties because we are all involved in the swinger community. And there's a lot of people who have this fetish of wanting to like, you know, be fucked by a big black guy. And a lot of people who have this cuckolding fetish and we're like, hey, we get laid, they're happy. We're just gonna do it. It was so simple and so clear. And I, I I turned to the white people and I said, you are not allowed to get in the way of these guys getting laid. Yeah. Yeah. You are not allowed to get in the way of these women getting their fantasies met. Okay. The thing is that these are adults negotiating between themselves for something that they want. If they were to take out a full page ad in the New York times and advocate for all mandingo relationships to be elevated above all other forms of marriage and for them to receive government checks every week, I might object because I would like a government check myself. Right. But the reality is that's not what's fucking happening. It's just people having, having fun with themselves. And I said, actually, if there's anyone who should be complaining about this event, it's the brother with the small dick who maybe is feeling like he's inadequate. And then this one dude raises his hand and he's just like this one guy raised his hand he's like my penis is entirely average. And then the other the guy who went to the party is like no 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 brother come on through. Come through. We got someone for you. He's like it did. <laughs> he's like you know, he's like I can anchor, you can hit the back and then like it became this sort of like funny thing, right? And 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 it was fascinating because people really We're not trying, in this instance, to squash someone else. They weren't trying to yuck someone's young. They really, honestly, had a conviction and a passion that they were doing the right thing. Right. That they were, you know, good liberal people, and they were whatever. And I said, I'm not saying that what your that your ideas are wrong. I'm saying that your execution in this case needs to be adjusted. It's hard to adjust your way of thinking on the fly. It's hard to understand that there is nuance. It's hard to understand that African Americans are not a monolith. I get it, but I'm telling you that, and I'm telling you these guys are out here doing some shit that is pleasurable for them. They are hooking up with other people who want what they've got, and that's pretty much kind of it. And so Mm -hmm. that, that conversation, Led to a lot of other people saying, okay, hold on. Wait a second. Maybe, you know, if people are doing this and, and, and I don't want to see it, but they're doing it and they seem to be all right, you know, fine, whatever. So that was my approach to dealing with white people. If an African American person comes to me and is like, this is fucked up. It hurts my soul. My ancestors are crying. I'm upset. I say, I understand. And, uh, I get it. Thank you for sharing that. And I drop it because yeah. it is. I am absolutely not in that person's body. I don't know what their experience is. And they're right. What I'm talking about is fucked up. Yeah. A lot of people come to my classes and think that I'm going to like do a tap dance about why this is so awesome. And then they're a bit disappointed when I spend the first half hour telling them why they shouldn't do it. And the next half hour telling the worst possible like disaster story (laughs) of, (laughs) uh, of a scene that I did that went really awry. Um, and if you want to hear about that, you can. I can plug Risk Podcast. It's, there's an episode ooh. of Risk where I go into deep dive on that. I'm not going to do that here because it's not the time.
1: Yeah, I will find it and link it in the show notes Perfect. for those listening along like, ooh, ooh. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Suffice to say, um, people sit there with their mouths open going, oh my God, oh my God. I'm like, yeah, I disassociated. It fucked up a friendship. It caused stress in my leather family. It was a thing. And so I tell people, if you are not driven by the hounds of hell to jump in and do this shit, please don't.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, along those lines, I, I will, cause I know I, I always put myself in the mind of the American fucker listening going, but, 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 but." and, and like one thing I want to say, and this is what I I say a lot in my classes that is that oftentimes when we're playing in, you know, within the safe container of kink, Mm -hmm. it's pretend it's fun. It, and it's especially with the dark stuff, what we're doing is we're perverting social norms and hierarchies for our pleasure. And sometimes that includes exploring our oppression. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that includes some dark shit. Mm -hmm. And if that's what people want to do with their own shit, like that's their cool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like cool, okay.
2: I have a thought about this whole thing. And I wonder what both of you think. If those guys were all wearing outfits dressed as Klingons, would anybody have complained about it? i think get serious would anybody have complained about it because it was Klingon play. no no white liberal is going to complain about Klingon. some
0: some hard-ass would because they'll be like i see you through your plan we know That's we total. know that well, Tucker has no honor then yes. <laughs> oh god <laughs> Now, but, now know, those I, are fighting words. Those are fighting words. Yeah.
1: I also <laughs> see, again, putting myself in the mind of the American fucker listening who's like, but, 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 I, uh, uh, you know, fine. Okay. I can't tell people how to play and do whatever. But it's like the the horny housewives or the, you know, swingers or, or whatever, who the, the the white women who are playing with their perpetuated race. It's all there. So we need to stop because of them. Like, should these folks be having a different conversation with the swinger wives or should
0: they just <laughs> shut the fuck up? I would say just shut the fuck up because here's the thing. Nobody doesn't have a fucked up thought. And if we drill down, the reality very well might be that these motherfuckers are jealous because they don't have the guts to do the shit that they really want to do. And they are looking at everyone else saying, how dare you take that risk? How dare you do some shit I don't have the guts to do? So I wonder if some of it is that there is an exploration that these people have kept themselves from. I mean, to be real, I when I first had the inkling that I had this type of fantasy in my early 20s, I was horrified. Uh And it took me five years and many conversations and a lot of. Porn that I wrote myself. <laughs> 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 to finally get to the point where I said, "Okay, you know what? This is occupying way too much of my conscious time. I just need to do it and see what happens." And yeah. and that's what drove me. And what was fascinating is that one of the final sort of like nails in the coffin of my fear was that uh, guy that I was madly in love with, who I was writing a lot of this porn about and for, uh, and agonizing over it said, so you're telling me you're not gonna do this that you wanna do because you're black? Isn't that also racist? And I was like, Ooh. oh shit, son, son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, see, this is why we don't trust you people. <laughs> And I said, wow, I am, because I am black, saying I can't do X. Wow, wow. And I just sat with that for like a year because this was a very slow and methodical process for me. And uh, I highly recommend the slow and methodical process because I fell on my face with a lot more uh, uh, purpose. (laughs) When I fucked up, my fuck ups were purposeful versus Mm -hmm. sort of floundering around because I took so long to actually get involved in kink real time. And because I thought about stuff and because I did thought experiments with my stuff and I sat with things and I ran scenarios in my head and I was really able to Figure out why I was getting involved, what I wanted to explore, what was on the, you know, not really interesting to me list. Like I had all, I sort of like burst into the scene and fully formed like, like Athena from the thigh of Zeus. It was Athena, right? Mm-hmm. Was it Athena? I think it was mm-hmm. Athena. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I tell people go slow because when you're, especially if you're going to do some fucked up shit, please have your ducks in a row in terms of why. Because the why makes a huge difference when you are doing a play that involves the brain.
1: hmm uh-huh. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. You know? I mean, and I think if, if we encouraged each other to really examine the why and be self-aware mm-hmm. and to understand where this is coming from,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it would kind of take care of... The, you know, when the well-meaning people are like, but you can't do that because they're doing it because they're afraid that the people doing this are coming from like a bad place or for the quote, wrong reasons. Right. And rather than trying to police people where we're not mind readers, we don't know their reasons, um... Yeah. Instead, try to encourage that analysis as to why exactly. and the motivation. behind. Because oftentimes, it, you know, on the outside, it can look horrendously horrible. But if you were on the inside of that person, it could be healing. Mm-hmm. It could be teaching them something. It could be cathartic. It could be letting out pent up whatever that's, you know, been inside them forever. I, it, there are so many good outcomes or good reasons that people just don't.
0: It's all, it's bad. You shouldn't be doing that. No, and that's, it, and that's, and that's exactly right. And the reality is that the reasons why are going to vary wildly. There is at least one person who has participated in a demo for a class with me on, um, race and taboo play who did it 100% because I asked them. They had mm-hmm. zero desire to do it. Now I told them when I approached them, I was like, Hey, do you want to do this thing? They were like, Ooh, that's not my kink. And I said, okay. Um, does that mean you can't do it? And then she thought about it and said, yeah, hmm. No, it doesn't. Um, uh-huh. but I really respect your messaging around this and I want to help. And so that was why she did the demo. You know, it wasn't her thing, but she right. assisted me in that. And, and, and if you asked her, like, do you do race play? She would say no and, and be completely honest in that because that scene was for me. In order to be able to present something for a class, it was educational. And right. so that's why they stepped into it. Um, I will say for real, uh, if anyone came to me and if a Caucasian person came to me and was like, I've always wanted to do race play. Will you do a scene with me? I would say to them an absolute, uh, no, thank you. And, and, and that would be it. Because mm-hmm. at that point, their eagerness would sketch me out a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. If someone were to say to me, you know, I know you do this. I'm really curious about it. I'd like to talk to you about why you do it and maybe see if that's something I could explore with you. That's really different to me. That feels very different because they're coming into it from my perspective. Does that make sense? Right. Like I, yeah. I they're asking me, what do I get out of it? What do I want? And could we somehow work through that together? That to me is far more, um, far more, uh, comfortable and I feel safer there.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely freaking agree. And it's interesting because this subject, it's a hot button subject. Like, people are like, I have my opinions. Oh my God, that's wrong. <laughs> but if we look at, let's look at feminism and kink, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are people who are on the outside, you know, more vanilla default world people who are like, I don't understand how a a woman can be submissive to a man because it is taking us back how many ever hundreds of years and women are subservient, that's horrible. And don't you want to be independent and you know, blah 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 autonomy, blah blah feminism, blah blah blah. But I
0: don't know why I, that sound is wanted- so hilarious to me. Like I could listen to that for hours. <laughs> it actually
1: reminds <laughs> me of like bernie sanders we make a joke in the house bernie sanders we'll put our hands up in the air with our fingers and go socialism now i want to go go, feminism feminism." you know what's spookier than black cats on halloween shaving your balls with anything other than manscaped When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween, because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Join the $2 worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY. Now, remember that time you tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Come on. Yeah, you remember. Or maybe a Saw movie. Your drugstore raiser looked at you and said, let's play a game. Yeah, we've all been there. Thanks to Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, you will never have to live that hellscape again. Inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0. It's easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet and waterproof, too. It features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer and Manscaped's liquid formulations like their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Prop Reviver ball toner. That performance package 4.0 has two free gifts too, Manscaped boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. I suggest you head on over to manscaped.com because there's so much more, like their brand new refined body wash. Oh, Oh, but wait, wait, before you go, make sure you've got the special American Sex Podcast hookup because you know you're a VIP, right? That's 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at Manscaped.com. Yes, 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Hey, clear the cobwebs around your Halloweeny with Manscaped. You know when you got a special bow chicka wow wow night planned and you go to the sex shop to get everything and then it is just overwhelming. Spend hours browsing the shelves only to come home and realize you forgot something that you really needed for that romantic night. Well, stay home and let Like a Kitten do it for you. They'll ship a gift box to you with all of your erotic essentials, everything from vibrators and massage oils to robes and handcuffs. Now, I love their Choose Your Own Adventure Style BYOB box. That stands for Build Your Own Box. So what you do is you go on their website, you choose one item out of each of their six categories. So that's uh, toys, beauty products, sexy accessories, games, lubes and cleansers, and lingerie. Then in each category, there's eight or more products to choose from. So you can build an experience that's customized to your specific desires. For example, you wanna know know what I got in my box? I got Uber Lube, Screaming Oh Bestie Bullet, It's the bomb bullet bath bomb. There's a bullet inside the bath bomb, it's awesome. White rabbit and leather flogger, a black satin robe, and a badass coloring book. And they package it all so nicely. It feels so special and cool. Like it's like Christmas or my birthday when you first open that box and you see everything. And the coolest part, the whole thing costs 69 bucks. That's it for everything. Some of the vibrators alone cost more than that standalone, not to mention everything else that you get. Oh, there's one other thing that's pretty cool. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash sunny, that's S-U-N-N-Y, or enter the code sunny at checkout. Just go to likeakitten.com slash sunny or use sunny at checkout to get 20% off these incredible boxes. One more time, likeakitten.com slash sunny. And if you missed it, the link
0: is in this episode's description. The thing is, bro, it's like feminism, the whole point of feminism is that female identified people are able to have autonomy and choice in their lives and be treated societally as equals. Where does that say, here's how you have to behave and here's what you have to do with that freedom? Yeah. And this is the thing I said to my mom when I came out to my mom who had some very rough questions as a, as a black mom about her kid doing freaky white people shit, right? It's like, what are you doing? You know, what about the imagery and the slavery and like our ancestors? And I said, yes, here's the thing. Back in the day, my being submissive to someone, our ancestors being submissive to someone was a consequence of who we were born as and we had no choice in the matter. I now can do a great deal more. I don't have total freedom. I sure as fuck don't. But I have a great, I've exponentially more than did a chattel slave, you know, 150 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. With that freedom, with the freedom as a free human being, I should be able to choose what I want to do. And this is the same thing with feminism. In my opinion, the most feminist thing you can do is to live your life in a way that pisses off the establishment. And I think I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> like I'm like I don't know what's more feminist than that. Like saying, "Oh, this is the status quo. I'm supposed to be X, Y, and Z." Here's the fucking thing: if anyone knows any black women intimately, you know the pressure that we are under to be strong, f- you know, fierce pillars of the community, rock solid foundations for the family, the amen corner in the church. All of these, you know, Oprah Winfrey, like all of these fucking stereotypes that we are uh, supposed to step up to. And a lot of this is coming from within our own communities. So if I am to say, you know what, all of that is awesome. What I really want actually is to be protected and held in love by someone. I want to have space for that vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And here is where I have found it in this consensual relationship. And to me, that is what feminism and freedom is about. It's about choice. It's not about you then saying you chose poorly. It's not your fucking business. That is certainly not your goddamn business. Now, if I come into your house with that shit, then it is your business. If I'm over here doing it, it sure isn't. And if I'm sharing my story with people so that some other young African-American woman doesn't lay there in bed jerking off and then crying because she feels like shit, then my work is done. That's all it is because we all have dark and janky fantasies, every single person. It might not be about sex. It might be about, you know, becoming a mass murderer. It might be about, you know, overturning the government. I don't care what it is, but you've had them. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is saying we're going to take that darkness and pull it out and play with it for a little bit. That's all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you think that? There is a point for some people, because I think this is a legitimate concern, Mm -hmm. that if it's something really taboo, like you're like mass murder, like I know people who who their kink is like they have a Dexter room, like you know the Dexter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and they they line it with plastic, and you know they maybe they do real blood play or maybe it's fake blood play, mm-hmm. but even if it's real, it's you know safe and negotiated and all of that stuff. Right. It's not haphazard and oh my god, you might really die. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> whoops but when when people hear about really extreme kinks like that, they think, "Oh, but you know what you're inching closer to the real thing like w- at what point are you going to cross the line and really do incest or really dexter kill somebody or really you know whatever it is um. <sighs> How do you feel? You know, because some people actually fear that within themselves, sure, like, and that's what keeps them from wanting to explore these fantasies. Because yeah. they're like, does this mean I'm actually a real murderer? And will I get a TV show on cable? <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: I'm or just like waiting. I'm other- like, Oh, go on, e- go kill somebody so I can be on evil lives here and get interviewed. <laughs> right. Right. Um, or, or they look at other people and
1: say, you are, are a half a step away from being a complete monster. So talk to me about that.
0: Well, we just had a case, not just not, not too long ago. There was a, the cannibal cop case. Mm, um, yeah. which did you hear about this? Yeah. Um, there was actually, I just watched a documentary about it. Hilarious because, uh, dude is 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 out of jail now he's he's on parole and uh-huh. um and uh in this documentary they talk to him and they talk to his mom and they you know it, the, one of the establishing shots is the outside of the police station where he worked and it's literally my precinct <gasps> it's my wow. it's my fucking precinct i was like oh my god I didn't pay attention. They were like they gave the name of number of the precinct, but I don't know what number my fucking precinct is. But when they showed the establishing shot, I was like, "Oh my god!" Cannibal Cop was like in our neighborhood. Oh my goodness! And and
1: sum up, give us like the nutshell elevator pitch of what Cannibal Cop did. Cannibal Cop, cop was
0: familiar. a was a gentleman who was a police officer in New York, and mm-hmm. he was uh, uh, indicted on two charges. Well, several charges. The main two were uh, stalking. Mm -hmm. And the other was using police computers for uh, not police computer purposes, right? Because he was uh, looking up uh, potential, quote unquote, potential victims using the police computers. For this, there's no question. Go to jail. Go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Go. The rest becomes thought crime because he's on, he's on these cannibal websites. And let me tell you, when the story broke and I'm looking at the sites that they're talking about, I'm like, Oh my God. One of the sites was, was an old site that a friend of mine had up years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it was basically her as dinner in several different configurations, like tied up on a platter with an apple in her mouth and a carrot sticking out of her ass covered in oil, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, being spit roasted, literally not with dicks, you know, like over a campfire, you know, being slowly rotated sort of thing. And there were all these chat rooms that he was going to, to talk about, you know, abducting and killing and eating women. This uh-huh. is different than the German cannibal case because that one was consensual. There was a gentleman who was looking for someone oh, yeah. who wanted to take his own life so that he could eat his flesh. And uh-huh. sidebar, Germany kind of like when he was arrested, they were like, oh, we don't actually have any laws against that. <laughs> 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 they were like, um, we gotta convict him with something. And they, they, they sent him away for something. But the, the fact is that the, the man clearly took his own life, right? And ah. this other guy, uh, had his permission to eat him. So it was like, you know, that was a bit more of a gray area. Um, the way I first found out about the cannibal cop case was I received an email from the New York Times asking for my opinion on whether or not fantasy role play is something that, um, people could be convicted a crime over, and I was like, "How? How could that happen?" And then they right. sent me the rest of the case information. I was like, "Oh my god!" So hilariously, and here's the thing: I think the Times was really very savvy because they had several different opinions here. You know, they had a lawyer, they had you know, a psychiatrist, and then they had like the pervert come in and be like, you know, because because it stepped into our realm. But those were our websites, he was on. He was oh, on man. Bcom. He was on alt.com. He was he was there doing all of this shit. And the outcome of the case was that he was uh, found guilty uh, on 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 both the thought crime and the other. And I was like, ooh. Uh, mm. um, uh, now, here's yeah. the thing. I'm not sad <laughs> that a cop had to go to jail. Because he
1: was still an asshole for other reasons. Because he was like, certainly like yeah. a
0: monster for, for other mm-hmm. reasons. So I'm like, well, karma caught up with you. And you were su- super creepy in gathering up all these women's fucking informations and details because it could look like that. The thing is, you can't ever know whether or mm-hmm. not someone's going to snap and cross the line but sh- do you want to live worrying about what might happen uh, or do you want to live and see what happens i'm yeah. i'm personally on the ladder. uh mm-hmm. i just want to live and see what happens because right. the, the the time i spend worrying about whether or not um the, the the fact that i'm watching some brutal porn of someone getting fucked to death by tentacles means that i'm going to actually like when I meet some tentacles permit them to fuck me to death is very low. Yeah. It's a low likelihood. Now is the person stalking using police computers, stalking women um, who is found with a rape kit in the back of his car? Like, is that another step or is it still part of his fantasy? Right. Yeah. Like, I like to pretend sometimes that I am a pony. I have little pony ears. I put feathers on my head. I have little furry hooves that I can put on and run around. I'm a pony now. Don't talk to me. Just pet me and give me fucking treats. Right. Uh-huh. Um, am I, am I, am I committed to that? Yes. I bought the stuff. I have it. Um, so, could one say, well, he bought the stuff? That's a commitment. Uh, right. That And that was some of the stuff that carried the day. And the thing is that I do not believe that there is a hard and fast, excellent rule or answer for this. And this makes people crazy, especially Americans. They hate ambiguity and grayness. Uh-huh. They hate sitting in a liminal space where maybe both things are right. Maybe it is incredibly dangerous and maybe you still need to have the freedom to do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, this
2: is interesting. Gilber- Gilberto Vale, who's the guy you're talking about, mm-hmm. uh, had a conviction which was later reversed for conspiracy to kidnap based on online chat room activity. Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, I, yeah, I have mixed feelings. Like you're right. Like sometimes it could be like, Ooh, that's a slippery slope. And those are definite c- clues. Mm-hmm. And other times it's like, I know people that have cannibalism kinks that actually like have eaten flesh and they did it in a completely consensual way. Nobody died. Nobody, you know, but like if somebody without context hears about that, it's like, Oh my God. But being in the community and knowing the steps that they took. You just roll your
0: eyes and you're like, and you're just like, oh, she's up to it again. (laughs)
1: Exactly. exactly. It's like, oh, you took your knife play a little further and cut out a chunk and fried it up with some onions. I just want to point out to all
2: of our American fuckers out there that when we talk about cannibalism fetish, what we're not talking about is survival cannibalism. Nobody has to be dead in order to accomplish this. I can peel a little bit of my skin off my foot, fry it in a pan, and feed it to somebody that fulfills a cannibalism. Ooh, fetish.
1: I just had a thought. I wonder if people <laughs> with with like cannibalism fetishes who are trying to execute them ethically will get the skin. You know those foot peels, it's like like Korean. Oh my foot peels, god! And you can fry are
2: you talking it? about like a, a pedicure fetishist that's making fettuccine yes! and like yeah! sprinkling the alfredo from your feet
1: yeah like like make it like a I, i'm picturing it like flake it up and and put it on top of a dish like it's like sprinkled with some parmesan cheese okay you know, you know? what
0: i you know what i want to know i want to know if the obsession with the videos of people peeling their feet is because there's a bunch of those motherfuckers watching these who just want to eat it they're just like <laughs> I don't know. Or like the fact that you have something like Dr. Pimple Popper, how nasty is that? No one's going to fucking No one's going to tell me anything I'm doing in the dungeon is fucked up when one of the top-rated shows on television <laughs> is pus yes. flying, pus flying out of people's body. Stop, yeah. stop it, stop. Yeah. Like I really, mean, come on.
1: And it's it's that's a great analogy because like you know, I'll use analogies when I'm teaching BDSM 101. Like people just trying to wrap their head around, like, sure. why do people like to do this stuff? And it's like, why do you like to go to escape rooms? Why do you like to watch scary movies? Why do why you? Do you like why is murder
0: f- porn like the number one fucking genre right now?
1: Exactly, exactly. And like for the people that don't understand fetishes that that delve into the realm of disgust, mm-hmm. that's the perfect like, hey. How many hours have you clocked watching Dr. Pimple Popper, huh?
2: It's <laughs> 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 so, valid. Me, so and Ken, valid.
1: me and Ken fell into... It's not a porn Ado, because we weren't watching it for sex. It was like more of a gross, fascinating Edo, whatever. <laughs> we, we found yeah. uh, uh, videos of people removing their tonsil stones.
0: Fascinating. Oh, my God. I have a, bo- I have a body horror thing, so for me, <laughs> it's a little tough. And this is, I'll tell you where it comes from. I know exactly. My parents had this idea that as long as anything I watched was on channel 13, which was the local public television station, it was educational and therefore okay. Oh. So I was allowed to watch that like unencumbered as much as I wanted. I had limited amounts of other TV, but that was my free for all open faucet, which was really oh. cool in some ways um, until you got to shit like documentaries, like old documentaries, right? Like ones from like the thirties, forties and fifties of uh i i can't even talk about it oh my god okay (laughs) so it was a person who was infected with a guinea worm
2: (gasps) oh yeah
0: and they were they showed how they're removed Uh, and it's it's a guinea worm is a is a is a is a a, is a fly that lays its you know eggs in your skin it forms Uh. like a like a little nodule uh with the um with the parasite inside this nodule to get it out if you um if you try to pull it out and it breaks off then it's dead and it will cause like horrible shit so they basically cut a tiny hole in it until the part of the worm is out and then they wrap it around a stick and then as it crawls out you just keep wrapping it around the stick it can take days (laughs) (laughs)
2: And and by the way, those of you that are using ivermectin, this is one of the things that ivermectin's actually actually for.
0: Yes, thank you. Um, And and I I remember, I remember, I was maybe like three when I watched it, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it, and I was terrified, terrified. Couldn't couldn't stop watching, and to this day, like I had years ago, a a a, like a a lymph node cyst in my armpit. Uh And I uh, it literally got to the size of a golf ball because I knew what had to be done to fix it, and I did not want to go.
1: Oh. <laughs> and, I, and it
0: was it was the last time in my life I did that. I stalled on something I really needed to have done because th- by the time it's that big, it makes a sound when you when you lance it. And oh. uh, if I know right now there's a bunch of people listening to this who are like, "Oh, I wish you filmed it. That would have been a <laughs> <Yep. laughs>
2: Get out of my head. I (laughs) feel like,
0: fuck, why didn't you fuck? God damn it, Mo. I could have had like a 5 million hit fucking YouTube video.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, so, I mean, bottom line, uh, we are all a bunch of judgy motherfuckers because we're actually all a bunch of gross motherfuckers in one way or another. True. Like, yeah, so. Stop being so judgy, right Be now. Less judging, more <laughs> gross. Let's put that on a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> less judgment, more nightmare fuel.
1: Exactly, exactly. Oh my goodness, I, yeah. I, um, you know, because I, I've embraced my gross dark side. So I have really like enjoyed this conversation immensely and i am imagining that some of the american fuckers listening along either you're right with us like yeah or hopefully this is like enlightened some folks uh to consider i guess other perspectives or to not like because i really think most of us I, you know, I hate to speak in absolutes, but close to all of us uh, have mm-hmm. some really fucked up dark shit yeah. that we oftentimes we deny, like we are ashamed mm-hmm. of. So just like embrace it.
0: And the reality is the stress that we lay on top of something as simple as an inexplicable desire makes our mm-hmm. lives more troubled. I I mean, I don't know any therapist who will tell you that laying judgment on top of something that's rough for you is helpful for you psychologically. Right. You know, from a psychological perspective, what they're going to tell you to do is to take away the judgment. Look at the thing. Is it harmful? Mm -hmm. Is it damaging? Is it impeding your capacity to live a a good life? You know, like those are the questions that they'll start asking. Uh, and that's because guilt and shame and all of those things are only going to serve to pull you down. They're not really helpful in this instance when you're talking about sexual desire. Yes. Like, how does yes. that how does that fucking help you? How does that make your life better? You know, go pull up the gross porn. Here's the thing. If you feel bad about your shit, go to any porn site and look at the top rated fucking videos. (laughs) There is no reason for a vor video of like women being eaten by aliens to have 3 million views and at 98%. It's not because no one likes that. Right. That is not what's happening there. What's happening there is that people are like, oh my God, it's a woman being fucked and eaten alive by a giant monster. We love monsters. We love monsters. We have loved monsters since the beginning of time. And so if we love monsters, of course we're going to imagine having sex with monsters. What does it mean? There's a lot of psychology behind that. Go figure it out yourself. I don't really care. I just want a fucking porn tube full of tentacle porn coming at me. Because I don't even care about what my fantasies are. I only care when it gets to the point where I feel as though maybe I'd like to explore it. And then I have a sit down with myself and I say, okay, what is the reality here? Why? Why do you want to do this?
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. And you said something years ago that has stuck with me. Um, And I Uh know you say it all the time. You just didn't say it once. But the (laughs) pussy wants what the pussy wants. Right. Period. Yeah. Like it's a, it's as simple and as complicated as that. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> insert whatever genitals you want, it or however you want to call the them. Things. Here. It yeah. Is
0: all the things. And and the thing is that you don't necessarily have to make that how you live your life. But I promise, folks, even if they never jack off to you know Pokemon porn. If you release your guilt about the crazy porn you do want to watch or the crazy fantasies you do have or the stuff you're thinking about while you're masturbating or the stuff you're thinking about while you're banging your partner, right? Like all of those things are completely fine. And they're more than fine. They're awesome because they make you happy and they make your sex better. Yes. And so better take that, sex everyone is, is awesome. Who's boop, 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 yes. Boo.
1: Oh my god. I'm all about love More
0: it. fucking more stuff. And I mean, I'm I'm hitting that point in my life as a middle-aged lady where my libido's doing some funky shit. Yep. And my body's doing some funky shit. And mm-hmm. yep. and and vibrators I never used before are suddenly like getting dusted off. Like I could never tolerate a hitachi. Now I'm like, you know, I still have a, a rheostat. I have a dimmer switch on my hitachi. However, oh, yeah. however, previously, like I could not I would be like off the fucking bed in 10 seconds. Um, mm-hmm. So at this point, I'm indulging myself even more because it takes me like an hour to get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. And so now yeah. I need the cheats. I'm like, look, you know what? If it's going to take me watching Pikachu with a strap on fucking ash up the ass to get a boner, it's what I'm fucking going to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. I am 100% with you. The pussy wants? What the pussy exactly, wants? Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Ken is even now like Googling strap on Pikachu. Yeah, I totally You <laughs> know
1: what we're doing after this conversation. We're all <laughs> thinking about quiet on Kling-
2: our computers. I was actually thinking about Klingon ookie gookie cookie play. <laughs> ookie gookie
1: cookie. I'm going to explain to the listeners, it, like if they're longtime <laughs> listeners, they've heard us talk about the ookie gookie cookie. I, do I? But hold on,
0: hold it, on. Am I ready for this? Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't know. Well, let me. I'll tell you what the ookie cookie uh, cookie is. I don't know if I'm it's ready. It's a game. Yeah, it's a game. Okay. Like if you're with a bunch of people uh, and you get a cookie oh. and you put it into, like a bowl, and then every buddy ah! with a penis goes ah! off. I knew it. it! And, and whoever
2: takes the longest has to eat the cookie when oh, yes, we're all yeah. done. Christ. So for people that are early shooters, it's a blessing. Yeah. So it's a and I just thought it would be fun to dress up as Klingons and do that. So obviously, the person that takes the longest has the least amount of honor and has to eat the cum-filled
1: cookie. <sighs>
0: yeah, that's I a like. lot. That's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. I will tell you why it's a lot for me personally, and if this is TMI or not. But no, I, well, I just have a body fluid thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's here. And this is the differentiation: if the fluid comes right out of the body into an orifice of mine, it's cool. Mm -hmm. you ejaculate into my mouth you ejaculate into one of the holes that I have provided for that you ejaculate well not into my ear because that's or nose or
1: but you could hear
0: it coming (gasps) (laughs) welcome to my special hell (laughs) thank you for listening (laughs) oh my god and you were so fast that's the thing that kills me how do you do that shit Come on! No. I said it and you were right there. That's eerie, bitch. Bitch, that is eerie. It's eerie. You made a phone because it's your ear. <laughs> oh You're no, learning. God You're damn learning it. from the master.
1: Oh
2: shit. like <laughs> 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 right from the hip, man. Oof. Blast. Blast. You're a gunfighter.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. Jinx, you owe me a beer. So, but once the jizz lands on something else, I can't. Mm. And I don't know why that is. And it's it's a whole thing. Uh, but uh, but yeah. I also have like a spitting hard limit. So that's my thing too. I do
1: too. Dude, I love gross stuff, but don't spit on me. I oh, will just die. Oh my God. I will die. I will throw up. I will run Can we, the room. Can we talk
0: about the fact that like at the turn of the century, the most recent turn of the century, suddenly spit porn became like the thing. I cannot, I can't. Uh. It. It, it's only been like the past 20 years or so because previous to that, there was not people spitting all over their own damn pussies, spitting on dicks. Like it just wasn't a thing in mainstream porn that you saw.
1: Yeah. And now oh, it's- you know what? Uh, you know what gets me? Oh, the latest, because I spent a lot of time on TikTok. Sure. There is like point of view, like kinky video thirst trap kind of things. Uh-huh. So like a domly guy who's like, I'm domming you. You're my blah blah blah. And then spits (gasps) on the phone. And I'm just like, the first time I saw that, I threw that fucking phone. I had to go to T-Mobile with my warranty and get a new one. Like, I was like, no, we are not doing that.
0: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) It was awful. I mean, the
0: thing is, like, I'm not uh, – more power to the folks for whom it is hot. And I certainly have done scenes where the extremity of my reaction to being spit on was used against me oh but that was yeah. because i chose to push that boundary and uh i won't do it again i did it i'm done <laughs> i was like okay tried that been there done that nope i've explored <laughs> that and that's cool thank you so much yeah. and good night okay <laughs> good evening yeah, thank you but, oof, go back the fuck home oof. so yeah so if
1: you're gonna spit on your phone on social media american fuckers please like you know contact warning that because it's yeah, a lot I'm for not- a lot of people I'm not down with, with the with the spit, Ugh. but uh, you know, no I'm not gonna yuck your yum, but it is definitely not my yum. So. i just like I
0: would just like to I would just like to know in advance, you know. Exactly. Especially when you're exactly. especially when you're like you've got your clip lined up and you just wanna rub one out real fast before you sleep, you know, and you're just oh, like I just yeah. need like three minutes of like something to sort of spark the imagination so I can finish. And then yeah. you're in it and you're like, Okay, I got another ninety seconds and then and you're like, Oh god, got yeah, it. now I gotta start all over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna start yeah all <laughs> oh my god oh my god
1: um
0: this has been an amazing conversation i just love the, the clock i can't believe it's been an hour you guys i love you so much thank you
1: oh thank at you you're um so fierce and you're and amazing. So awesome. like, I'm imagining most people listening know exactly who you are and they're like, oh, the legend. <laughs> you know, pauses, guess, this week. But for those that don't, uh, you're pretty fucking amazing. Like, you know, there's documentaries about you. You've got true. like a new podcast. Like, tell
0: us, give Yay! us like, you know, who, what's what's Melina got going on that's really well, fucking awesome. What's Well, what, what I can share, and this is really great, is that the documentary that was uh, done by some lovely Germans about myself and my lovely husband slash owner also known as der Spausmeister, because that's the best way to address who he is, uh, is called the Artist and the Pervert, and it is available on streaming platforms. So if you Google the Artist and the Pervert, you can see that. And I have a uh, small feature film coming out called Hyena, which is <laughs> a solo performance with music written by my husband, who's a famous composer guy person. Um, and so that we're still uh, awaiting a release date on that, but that's gonna be coming soon. And I'm working on a podcast, I'm super excited. Uh, If you go to iTunes or Stitcher or any place that podcasts are doing their thing, you can look for All That and Mo, and I'll be there shortly. I have a little, uh, Ooh. I have a little subscription thing. I'm on there, and it's gonna be me talking about shit, and I'll, there'll be an occasional guest, but mostly it's me talking about shit because that's that's what I love to do the most. And uh, my website is melina.com or the perverted negress. You can find, uh, you can find my website on both of those. I like the perverted negress Sweet. best, but I had to grab melina.com because you know someone else would. <laughs> <Right>. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs>
1: absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, I cannot wait for your podcast because we were talking before this, and I've told the American fuckers this, I don't listen to podcasts no. normally, like very rarely, but honestly, I love just hearing you talk. You might be the exception. You might be with me on the treadmill like you know, I, once a week.
0: I, I'm, this is the reason I'm doing it. I had two friends who are not podcast people, and they have been yelling at me for at least a decade Make a podcast, Mo. Do a podcast. People would just yeah. want to listen to you talk about anything. And I'm like, ah, low self esteem. <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I finally got over myself and have jumped that shark. And I'm really excited, really excited about about it. And it'll be uh, hitting the hitting the hitting the streets in a couple of weeks. Ugh, so it's so dumb. I cannot
1: fucking wait. Ooh, ooh, ooh cannot fucking wait. And uh, American Fuckers, I'll have all those links in the show notes and more. Anything we've talked about in this episode will be in the show notes, either in the podcast player that you're listening to right now. Just go to the episode description or go to AmericanSexPodcast.com for whatever number episode this is going to end up being. And you'll get all (laughs) of the links to Melina's stuff and and Mo.
2: <laughs>
0: nice. Oh, and uh, please
2: please tell their spouse, Meister, I am on team beard hard. Please, please, don't yes. Shave it.
0: Yes. Uh, let yeah. me tell you do you want to know the real reason that he's keeping it?
2: Why? Why? Yes. He looks good. Uh, he yeah. does,
0: man. First of all, I just think it's like sexy. Not like I didn't think he was sexy, but I don't think this is extra sexy. It's like the difference between Spock and evil Spock.
2: It is. Oh, yes. It totally is. Yes. You're right.
0: Evil yeah. Spock was like, Spock is good looking, evil Spock is sexy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. But the reason he keeps it is he is he is. um, (sighs) Lesbians admire his love for vaginas. Mm -hmm. Let me just say that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he needs to be at any time ready to like hit the DMZ when he is stubbly. (laughs) I say to him, if you remain stubbly, I'm going to have to tap out a lot sooner than if you don't. So like if we're in bed, then he has to get up. Leave the bedroom, go to the bathroom, take out the razor, shave the beard. Shave the uh, shave the shave the stubble, right? With the beard, right, the part that comes into the most contact is just fuzzy. And it's right? not bristly and stubbly. And so he was like, Oh, wait a second. So I can eat pussy anytime if I have the beard. Oh. And they call and, it the flavor saver. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And 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 it is the flavor saver. And I'm not saying this has happened, but it may be that wearing the mask and the beard and having a nice walk outside is pleasurable for aficionados of the vaginal scent. Oh. Ooh, I didn't think about flavor saver oh, and mask. That
1: is
2: smart.
1: It's like flavor saver and flavor preserver. Exactly. Together. Exactly.
0: Ooh. Ooh. So that's the core reason <laughs> that, that, that the beard I love remains. It. The attention he loves. He I mean, don't get don't get me wrong. He's a an artist and therefore as much of an attention whore as anyone else.
1: Right, right. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. So everyone, take that tip. Connolingus beard. a <laughs>
0: beard plus mask equals. Oh my god, there's life. a reason it's called the Van Dyke.
1: <gasps> Duh.
0: Oh, you're – oh, my God. There's a reason. We figured it out all those years.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's, let's not make it as long from like – what you were on our episode, I think, episode three or six or something. It was and early. It was on episode 170-something. So let's not make it as long until you come back. Oh, bitch, um, you know where um, I'm at? You know where I'm at? I know where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so until next time, which hopefully will be soon. Um, thank you. Everyone go go, you know, get to know Mo if you don't. And uh we love you. Thank you. Love Goodbye. you. Goodbye. Talk to
0: you soon. Mwah.